Are you listening? Damn. Hello, I'm Sean Brewster, and thank you for joining us on CEA Audio. This is where you'll catch our Q&A show, past episodes of CEA TV, our YouTube show, keynote speeches, and a host of other things. Thanks for being here, guys, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to this episode of CEA TV. I'm here today with Mr. Scott Mioto here in sunny Beachborough. Beachborough. Beachborough Beach here Perth. in kind of northwest, northeast Perth. Is that right? Yeah, for the East. Perth. Yeah, Perth. Yeah, Queensland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, other, the other side of the country. Um, this is uh, so we're sitting at the moment in Active View, your massage therapy clinic. Yeah. You've had it for about a year and a half. About a year and a half. Yeah. Um, we met several months ago in Bali when you came out for our manual therapy retreat. We had a lot of fun over there because we know each other. Um, and so this conversation's been a long time coming for me because um, knowing your story, I think it's going to be really valuable for a lot of people but maybe not for the reason that a lot of people would expect when they come to sit down and watch one of these episodes, but because you have got a very interesting past um, and you've gone on this journey of kind of self-discovery. Mm. Uh, particularly over the last few years, I believe. Pretty big one, yeah. A pretty big one, and it's completely flipped your will in its head. Um, and I know that you're still going through it at the moment, and yeah. it's an evolving flipped process. Yeah, flipped my wall, flipped my car. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> everything on its head, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's give everyone just a little, maybe a snapshot of where you started so that they can see the biggest difference. So now you're a clinic owner, you've got a number of, a couple of staff here, you're building a you know, successful business over here in Perth, mm -hmm. um, which is a world away from where you were in North Queensland working in the mining industry. Yeah, yeah. Let's take us from there to here. So yeah, it started off in mining, grew up in a small mining town, tried to run away, just went to the next major city for an apprenticeship, but then just got sent back into mining doing uh, diesel fitting, so heavy diesel fitted by trade. Did that for 10 years after I left school. You know, the money was a big thing. You know, big money, the lifestyle, yeah. the money, the things that were there. And more chasing what was expected and what everyone else thought, probably people from, you know, my parents and previous, so you get taught other people's expectations of success. Right. And I imagine in your the community where you grew up, working in the mines was what a lot of people did, mm. right? And the money's exceptional. It, yeah, it's really right. good. And we don't think it is at the time. You know, we're always looking for more, but it's friggin' exceptional. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard work. Right. Super hard work, mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. You know, and even socially within you know your family and your friends circle. Yeah. Because eating patterns, the sleeping patterns, the physical work for, you know, 12 to sometimes 16 hours, like mm -hmm. you work 20 hours straight sometimes. Sure. You know, yeah. yeah. I know people that have worked a couple of days straight and just went out, had some food and come back and clocked in with someone else's car just to get a job done. Right. You know, and then, you know, maybe to have a day off or gotcha. people that work four weeks straight. So just, yeah. Yeah, so you pay the price physically for it. Yeah. Like I said, mentally, socially, everything else. Yeah. Now, you also have the added challenge of having a little bit of a, I guess, the mental side for you was a big part of it, right? So you yeah. Some, tell us a little bit about the story of where you came from and that side of things as well. Uh, what do you mean on that? I know, so like you said, in our discussions in the past, you struggled a little bit with some mental health issues and yeah. things like that. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I think this conversation is going to be so valuable. For mm. a lot of people, because yeah. it's a topic that's been taboo for the longest time, and you just didn't talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I know that 
people in your family didn't talk about it, you didn't talk about it, your country town, I grew up in a country town, nobody yeah. spoke about this stuff back then. Yeah. It's only now that it's coming out. Yeah, and, and people feel delving right in and getting um, to pull myself apart and throwing bombs with them on and sure. to get answers, yeah, right. and self-discovery. So, you know, I grew up and only got diagnosed a few months ago with ADHD. Okay. So, you know, it's not a bad thing, it's really an upgrade, but it just means I'm triggered and I get upset really easily and analyze things for like six to 12 months after the fact. Okay. You know, but in, it also helps me have more energy, more focus, but the thing is, if I focus on the wrong thing, I focus too much on the wrong thing. I understand. So it's how pulling yourself out, which takes other tools. You know, so growing up in a small country town as well, the ADHD kids are the kids that uh, punch the teachers, run around crazy. Not the kid that sort of sat back and observed the room. Which was you. Which was me. Mm. So then that sort of ended up becoming why I think when I was younger I suppressed a lot of the things on who I was that actually naturally meant to be was because I started being seen as weird. Okay. Because I probably had that higher functioning and I was quick and I could respond real quick, but I wasn't that person that was out yelling and running around, punching mm. teachers and things like that, which are only the other two kids that I can remember. Out of growing up in 18 years, I had ADHD in that town. Right. So it was like, you know, but for me, I would sit back and watch everyone and I'd pick up on patterns straight away and it was very quick and I'd go up and have a conversation and people like, why is this seven year old kid asking me what happened with my dad yesterday? There's <laughs> something wrong with your kid. Deal with him. But it wasn't something that was wrong with me, I was just very attentive. Okay. You know, so you just get classed as weird, so then I went suppressed and become mm. a completely different person. And you are now as a health practitioner where that's your job to do that with people. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, as well, you know, I was talking today, like I'm just going through last night trying to get over probably having dyslexia, which is a side thing of ADHD, where, you know, I've struggled to read my whole life, but I've now compounded that into just saying, you know, uh, blaming other things or, you know, I just can't focus, so I can't do this. And everyone sort of says, all you need to do is sit down and focus. Right. It's because you're not focusing. The thing is, I can't. Right. You know. The capacity's not there. The capacity's it. not there, or it's just not written in a way that I can process it. Okay. I need colours, different shapes, mm. I need patterns, not so much just the same form of writing right. in the one. Yeah. Font. And that's that's been a big dis discovery in the last few decades of in the education world. It's like, okay, we used to have teachers' aides that would just take that student through things slower. Mm. Slower wasn't the answer. They needed a different No, I needed faster. Mm. I needed four different sets of stimulus. Right. You know, because, you know, colours, different shapes, you know, patterns, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I'd go faster. Mm -hmm. Hence why, you know, why I get complex things when I started diesel fitting, you know, I wasn't part of the conversation per se, but I'd sit myself around all the, you know, the experts that I saw and then I'd go and pull apart an exploded drawing and just spin it for a couple of minutes and then I'd come back and just walk to everyone and go, done. There and everyone's is. like, what did you do? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I just did it. I listened to both of you because you were both right and then I went yeah. on the computer and spun it around. Okay. It's and found that angle. Yeah, yeah. You know, so because I had four different ways of thinking about it that I could assess yep. and approach all at the same time and yep. think about all I was thinking about. So the, the dyslexia played to your advantage in that situation? Yeah. Has it worked to your advantage learning anatomy, the physical body? Yes. In the same way? You can, yes. You might look at a textbook and it's no good to you, but you can 
visualize that body or see an app or something like that and you can spin it around in your mind and, and learn it that way. Yeah, well, some people even have had other therapists who go, who taught you that technique? Or, you know, what did you just do then? Because I've had, never had anyone do that or use that quiet technique. Mm -hmm. They said, well, I don't see my past 10 years as being like, you know, the wrong track because I see it was meant to probably be because I spent 10 years sort of looking at wiring diagrams and auto-electrics and hydraulics and then watching explode drawings of disassembly drawings. Right. So now, like with that app that I was showing you with that 3D anatomy, mm. it's like I get a limb, I click it, and it goes and blows it out. Which makes sense for you. Which makes sense for me. Yeah. So when now when I'm treating, in a, it's, everyone goes, what muscle's that, Mike? I don't know, but I've treated it before and I can tell you what it does. Mm -hmm. It's because that's the word that I can't attach. Right. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? The labels and the words that... Yeah. And that's the, the biggest issue with dyslexia and why, they, why this person's not, not smart. They don't get it. And it's probably why I don't like structure and people telling me what to do because they say, go and read go and read the legal requirements. I'm like, no. <laughs> it's probably... And that's what I was analysing last night within myself. It was probably because I'd sit down and get angry at the fact that I couldn't read, so maybe I was angry at myself. Sure. Not the people telling me to follow what I was doing. I'm no, I was just figuring that out just then. Yeah. <laughs> now, we all know that, what is it, one in three or one in five people have depression or anxiety. It's, mm. it's an enormous number, and it's probably bigger than that number, to be honest. And it's probably worse now, yeah. Yeah, so if that's the case, the people that mental illness, we'll call it illness, it's really probably more common than people that don't have it now, almost. But this mental illness is everywhere in our society. Mm. Just about everybody's got it in, in some way, shape, or form. What are some of the tools and things that you've used to help you harness that, for a better term, so that you can actually use use it to your advantage in your career, and maybe even not harness it, but just understand it better, so that you can move to where you need to or want to go? Yeah, I'm just really creating a super group around you, finding a network of people. Because you know, some people want to be a hairdresser. Mm. They don't want to be uh, massage therapist. So, yeah, you know, find a great massage therapist, but someone that you can get along with, and you feel comfortable with. You know, I say hire and fire until you find someone you get along with. Doctors, physios, massage therapists, like, if someone wants to come in here and doesn't get along with me, I will happily give them the phone number of the, the lady down the road. Mm -hmm. You know, let's get them to people that you get along with quicker. Have the report. You know, and okay, you're an anatomy person, I'm going to hand my anatomy over to you. You're a psychological person, I've got now business coaches. So they deal with kind of like a marriage counsellor, mm -hmm. personal counsellor. So I'm having this problem, they say, go read this book. Right. So I don't read, so now I've figured out how to do audio books. So you finding where the holes are in your capacity, capability, yeah. and outsourcing that? Outsourcing so that. So you can then just focus on what's your, what you're great at. Yeah. Sounds like a great strategy for anybody, whether they've got mental illness or not. It, yeah, whether yeah. it is or isn't, or just figure out the one thing that you really are passionate about. Mm -hmm. And then outsource the rest. Yeah. Everyone has extreme great things that they're good at. Yeah. And extreme great things that, that they're not good sort of things that you're not. That's just who you are, how you're born, how you're brought up. Mm. You know, that's just you. Just stop trying to do the things that you're not good at. Find people that you really trust that are good at it. Mm -hmm. Even your family, friends, some yep. people that you might have to pay on paying people. Yeah. What about for the people who clearly have some mental health challenges? Yeah. They maybe aren't in a state of mind where they're going to be proactive. Like they're going, okay, I know that I'm not great in this situation or I lack this thing over here, but I just don't have the energy and people are always putting me down and all the negative talk. 
Mm. How do you get past that? Personally, or just yeah. generally? Have you been in that situation where you yeah, were like, oh, that's who where I you, grew up where as. you were the weird kid, right? At yeah. Seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. And people were telling you you're the weird kid. Yeah. Your your son, he's weird. Yeah. So you're getting this message. Yeah. How did you get from that to this self-aware person who's going right? I'm going to outsource this. Or I'm good at this. I'm going to focus here. What was that leap? That leap. Yeah. Um, how did you How did you get the self-awareness and then the energy and the focus to be able to do that when energy and focus was your was your biggest hindrance? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was probably sitting in the uncomfortable and wanting better. You know, and actually keeping that open mind and listening to people saying there is better, there is better. And, but you know, there's probably 20 times more people saying that there is no such thing as better. You know, once right. you get to 30, it goes downhill. Once you get to 40, mm. you know, especially where I grew up, it's like once you get to my age, you know, don't don't complain now, you're only 20. Right. You know, wait until you feel what I feel like at 40. You know, that was probably the trigger because I've felt like shit. Yep. at 18 because I used to party hard and I used to do it to impress them because, you know, when we were your age, we used to do this. So I double it. Okay. So it was like this circle where they were telling me, you know, oh, you couldn't do that better. But the thing was, they wanted to live through me because they didn't do it that hard. Right. But they wanted to see someone do it because it made them feel youthful. Do you think... But I was trying to do it for them to show that I was as hard. Right. So then now we're compounding worse and worse physical and mental issues into the younger generation. Right. You know. And you got that positive reinforcement for going to the extreme. Was that almost for you a way of self-justification of, look, I'm worthy? Like, I, I, you now looking up to me before I was the weird kid. Yeah. Now I'm almost like a, the centre of attention. Was that, did that feed that behaviour for you? Like, at the moment? Like, at the time, oh, when you were younger. At the time, When you are yeah. going to those extremes. So that extreme would be when you got a but it fuel it, but it was coming from a negative place. Yeah. So it would get out of control. Okay. So, you know, I would go too far, I'd do things, I'd do it without thought, and it would just be an ego sort of thing where it was just done mm. for more people to look at me and watch me because yeah. I got that moment of where I was the centre of attention. Mm. So, you know, I didn't know where to stop, and it would always go too far. Sure. To the point where I'm probably still doing this until last Christmas. Okay. Yeah. You know, and it started, I started bringing it in to maybe every five years, I'd achieve things, turn around and go, why did I do that, who did I do that for? I'm depressed again because I don't even, I look, I remember sitting in my shed on my second house mm-hmm. and it was just before Christmas and I turned around and went, holy crap, I just fully renovated that inside and out, brick house, mm-hmm. two acres on a hill, mm-hmm. you know, you built dam down the bottom, gorgeous, mm-hmm. this valley. I wonder what would happen if it burnt down. And I just went, crap, wondering what would happen if this one and my other house were burning right now. I looked at my hand and my beer and I went, I'll definitely run in and grab a six pack. Really? That was your first thought? My first thought was I'd definitely run in and get a six pack. I wonder if it would have marshmallows with me. And then I caught myself going, why do I care more about this alcohol mm-hmm. than my marshmallows? And having fun with my friends around the bonfire that yeah. do about what's on the bonfire. You lost the context of what it was all for. What was it all for? Yeah. You know, why am I doing this? Who am I, you know? Mm. And it was all because some of, yeah, everyone was like, get a house, you know, do this, do that, buy another house, that's what's successful. Mm-hmm. And then turn around and went, me and my wife were packing up and going around Australia. Okay. So you're both giving in $120,000 jobs going to what? 40,000. Yeah. 
and your houses, what happens if someone moves out? Then we move home. Mm. What happens if they don't? Yeah, but you know, you, and then everyone starts going. But it's a place out of love where everyone's trying to protect you because you're doing things that they haven't done before. That's right. Are they protecting you, or are they threatened by the thought they're, that maybe there's something else? Yeah. yeah. Well, they're trying to protect you out of a place of love because you're doing things that they don't know about now. Yeah. So they can't steer you, and they can't protect you and keep you in the comfort zone. Yeah. So you know. When you go out and do something outside your comfort zone, you know, who's going to come in and go, you didn't take control of your son? Mm. You know, it's you. So out of them caring about their own emotional space now, yep. you know, they're worried about themselves, not about you anymore, but they say it's about you that they're caring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's all from a loving place, but they don't realise they're really holding you back from your true potential. That's right. You know? And who's to know what is the right choice for another person anyway. Yeah. You know, if we, we give advice, it's only based on our own experiences and our own lives and our own thoughts and feelings about things, mm. not the other person's. Yeah. We can't really know their situation. No, and sort of, yeah, you can help your kid and guide them. I think, what's that, to about 11? We mm. start taking things in and then we start being a society-type person and as our brain kicks into mm. bloody... Uh, when we start going through a teenager, mm. you know, everything chemically, yep, changes. physically blows up. You know right. that from the, yep. you know, the, the study of the body, of the body yep. and stuff, you know. At that stage, you've put all as much input you can as a parent. Probably from about 11, you've got no more, you've got then no then more your is, Then your job is to support them. Yeah. Yep, in their decisions. And then who they come from 11 to 21 to 25, really is a construct of the community that you've supplied them. Sure. No. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and then now looking at, you made that big decision to drop everything, you and your wife, and you took off, and here you are on the other side of the country with a biz as business owners, and your wife's in a successful job, and blah, 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 all these things have changed. And your family and friends who are like, don't do that, that's that's crazy. Look where, you've, where you are and what you've got now. Yeah. Have they come around? Starting to come around, yeah, yeah. I think they really have, and they're being really supportive now. Mm. But as you know, there has been that massive chunk of time where there's pretty much no talk. Okay. You know? They were like, he made a bad decision, he's not like us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Mm. You know, that's what I feel yep. anyway. Yeah. You know, or we can't control him. He always does, and they've always said that, you always do what you want. But really, I was always trying to appease everyone else. I've never done what I what it actually wants what to I do. What I actually wanted to do. Right. You Interesting. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a tricky situation, isn't it? And I I imagine that there's so many people watching and listening to this that would have been through something like that. Maybe not even to that extreme. Yeah. But in day to day stuff, people that just make decisions based on other people's expectations. I mean, the hardest thing was everyone goes, "What happens if you do fail? What happens if this bank business goes bankrupt or whatever?" Because you know, well, you know, we always spent a house loan on this place, you know, me doing another career because I didn't work like the whole of the last year and I studied, which cost money, you know, my mm. wife took up that, that burden, you know, which, which wasn't easy, mm. you know, it's been mentally, physically challenging for the pair of us, yep. you know, God bless us all, mm. <laughs> actually sticking by this crazy man, yep. um, but where are we going with that? <laughs> it's a challenge, um, it's a challenge for everyone yeah. in different contexts, a different situation. And everyone's saying, don't do that, don't do that, you're giving up so much, you know, you've made it so far, why are you throwing a towel in? Mm. What happens if, you know, something goes wrong with your house or someone moves out? It's like, well, what's, a, what's the worst thing that will happen if I have to sell this business and hand it on? I give this local community a great 
massage clinic and some great therapists that we're training up and mm-hmm. you know I've helped the community and helped the world from a heart centered place but I go back to Queensland in a house that I've already got and go back to at the moment I'm being offered $75 an hour plus penalties you know my old job so I'm going to go back straight to $140,000 if I fail if you fail so the worst possible scenario is exactly the great situation you started with yeah it's not such a bad ending after all if it was to end that way if it was to end yeah. you know but that's the what if what if what if what if, you can't do that have you thought about the what ifs just in case it goes wrong mm. what happens if just in case it goes right yeah exactly you know exactly yeah and look it is you do have to consider the what ifs and you're right though most people think oh the business could go belly up i could end up bankrupt yeah right so you go bankrupt that's the worst situation well did actually, you die no the worst situation i love is, mr chen but did you die yeah <laughs> yeah no the, the worst situation is you or someone you love dies yeah that's probably not going to happen if your business goes belly up yeah right you can go home yeah. And with your parents, you can do all those things are possible. Yeah. And so people get frightened out of doing the thing that they actually really, really want to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And we're all guilty of that. I think we've all probably hidden from something at yeah. time to time in our lives. Um, but it, this is a great example of a story of someone who was against the odds and against the advice of all the people that had his best interests in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did the opposite thing. Which probably you were always doing the opposite thing anyway. Yeah, yeah, always trying to go against. Yeah. <laughs> go against the grain. Yeah. Um, but this was a big leap of faith. And here you are, 18 months in. Yeah, the interesting thing about you is you started your massive, you bought the clinic, you bought yeah. a, a, a business. Um, you bought it while you were still a student yeah. of massage. Yeah. This doesn't happen very often. Most people, the normal pathway is I go to school, I get my qualification, I go work for somebody else for a while. I hone my skills, I get my confidence, and then down the track, I'll start a business, buy a business, do something, and build it from there. You started at the other end of the scale. You started at, I'll purchase the business while I'm still studying, because I'm sure this is what I want to do, commit to 100,000%, and then, as an undergraduated student, started that business and started to grow it. Yeah. How did you get, how did you get to thinking that was a good idea? Oh, it's just a piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, while I was changing from one career to the other, and it's just like I actually sat back and looked and listened to other therapists saying, you know, we only make forty thousand dollars a year and we work ridiculous hours. And I'm like, well, I don't accept that. Okay. You know, how are you guys doing? Or how we are doing? So much good in the community and actually helping pain. You know, and the lack of pain being a mental thing, and you know, and how much it actually helps. Why are we you 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 people? Now, why are we, you know, because I'm part of it now, mm-hmm. on so little, you know, right. you're really, you're, did it make any sense? Yeah, it didn't make any sense. Yeah. It's just, you know, so I was just like, I don't accept it. Mm-hmm. And if I come into this space, I expect <laughs> to be paid what I used to be paid. Yeah. But not so much getting it directly out of your clients, but there's other ways, there's other mm. channels if you keep yeah. that open mind. And you can build it. Education, yeah. you know, a few products. Whatever, and the way the internet is these days, you know, like all you need to do is get you know a hundred people online for a hundred dollars, and what are we talking? Yeah, it adds up, doesn't it? It adds up. And I reckon that naivety, no, how do you say the word? Yeah, naivety. Yeah. 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 Being a little bit naive about a situation means that you're open to ideas that are outside the normal construct. Mm-hmm. So being an undergraduated new person in the industry, you came and went, well, I'm 
I want this standard of living, I want this standard of income, because that's, I know that's possible in my other career. Yeah. So I just need to go that from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, again, a lot of people do. Um, but I don't think you can write or approach anything, really. Yeah. I don't think it's possible. It takes creativity. Yeah. And it takes the ability to question the way normally things go. Yeah. And it's just, like, again, sitting myself in rooms with really good mentors and really good business people. I've got a lot of friends that are really, really good business people. Right. You know? And you know, I take the things that I've had some teachers and some other therapists say, and I don't give it to those business people, and they just shake their head and go, "They're going to go bankrupt. They won't even make a year, Scott. Yeah. If you do what they've told you, yeah. you're not going to make it for months. Yeah. Doing the same because that doesn't suit yeah. business. And doing the same so thing don't have business. Yeah. It's always a good idea. No, as long as businesses fail. Yeah. Speaking of business, is one of your stuff. Can I please have ninety-four? Ninety-four. We're doing a Christmas giveaway. Okay. Yes. There you go, we're in the middle of business here, we're filming a video here right this second, so hi. I don't even think I'm on the camera. <laughs> hi. This Wait, no, my arm's not even in there. Here we go, this is our real business here right now. Amazon barbershop. Even when you're filming. So the guys next door, this lady is just want a free haircut from next door for Christmas. There you and go. Because she came in for a massage today. And rock tape. And rock tape. Shout out to Rock Tape Australia. <laughs> Very good. Another great example of how you chose to do something a little bit different. Yeah. Right? And this is it happened live on camera. Yeah. There you go. So on that topic, just so people are watching, this is a really clever thing that you've done. You've yeah. reached out to local businesses, asked them to give you products, vouchers, da 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 da. Yeah. And then the idea is that clients will come into your business, they choose a like the lucky draw thing. Yeah, so they come in month. in the month of December because uh, the month of giving. Yes. You know, how can we provide epic value? Right. You know, so I gave a whole heap of massage vouchers to a few gyms, and um, you know, in the middle of the year, the coffee shop's going to go quiet because he knows his numbers now. Mm-hmm. So I said I'm going to give a whole heap of vouchers to him in that month. You know, right. so he can do a promotion over right. the coffee shop. And in return, you've had vouchers from him. Because this two weeks, the start of December, are my quiet weeks. So two weeks prior, I went to the gyms and gave that, you know, free vouchers. Mm-hmm. So it started off where I gave 250 half-price vouchers out. You know, of that, only about 10% people of people will ever use a voucher. Right. You know, five to ten percent. Ten percent is a good values match. Five percent is a good return. Mm-hmm. So out of two hundred fifty people, I'd expect to hit maybe fifteen people actually coming and claiming. Sure. You know, and because we provide good value, good treatment, mm-hmm. you know, it's up to us then to connect with those people and provide them that we've got a great service. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they get a free massage every right. day. Yeah. So. Um, the lady at F45 gave me um, $9,000 worth of personal training. <laughs> because you asked. Because I asked. Yeah. So she gave me 35 vouchers. Right. Worth $260 for the month of January. Amazing. And I was like, holy crap, we should do the numbers though. Maybe you shouldn't do the numbers. <laughs> you told her no. Yeah. Cause we were like, and then she was like, you sure you want to give me that much of money? Sure, you sure? You know, I said, yeah. but the numbers are 10%. Right. But we're giving that out. So then on the way back to work, I was just like, I wonder if I just go see the barbershop, the mechanic, mm-hmm. you know, the next door, the uh, the oriental seafood next door, mm-hmm. you know, the coffee shop, the overflow with the young, you know, there's a church over there and the young sister and brother are running this great coffee shop. Sure. But they're out of the way and don't let them know. Yep. You know, so I'm doing promotions through December yep. and putting them on Facebook and out to the broader of mm-hmm. Earth. You know, yep. and people are coming in here 
on top of their massage in the month of December. Now it's up over $20,000 worth of discounts <laughs> that have bubbled around for two and a half days. I'm like, holy shit, yeah. how am I going to please this and hand? How am I going to give this out? I don't expect yeah, yeah, yeah. that response. Yeah, it's so incredible. Got, yeah. Free massage, uh, free haircuts, and half-price mass haircuts, and mixture from next door. Yeah, yeah. Royal Tag Australia came on board and gave us a whole heap of leftovers from some of their events, yeah. free samples, yeah. and some bags. So we got some rock tape bags, you know, to give out as a present yeah. on top of your massage. Right. So now they're going to also come here, get a free coffee from the Overflow Cafe, go over there, and while they're there, they might go, "Oh, I didn't know you guys were here." Yeah. That's a really great sandwich. You have that sandwich, yeah. and I'll bring my my bring my wife or my husband or mm -hmm. back next week because we didn't know this place created the value of collaboration, right? The, and community, mm -hmm. and some of it's half price. Some of it was just like, yeah, we have these things left over, mm -hmm. and then at the end of it, I was like, I got to sit back down and redo the things. But it's over twenty thousand dollars. Yep. So you come in. How can we give value back mm. and also help the community? And the phrase you used was, how do we give epic value? Epic value. Yes. And it, they use this phrase in business like um, 10x your business. You know, yeah. It's a bit of a uh, catch cry at the moment. It's not just, how do I grow my business? How do I 10x it as in 10 times? How do I not just give value? How do I give mm. epic value? Epic. So when you look at it from not just the thing you want to create or give, but a bigger version of that, yeah. your mind starts to find yeah. opportunities and you look outside the circle a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And once you start getting that what if, it goes right. It's like you grow some muscle. It's just like building muscle. You go to the gym every day and it gets bigger and bigger. Yep, yep. You start doing that what if, and it's like what if it goes wrong, you'll build that muscle for negativity. Mm -hmm. You start getting it right so many times, your brain just positive. starts and your eyes start bright and brightening mm -hmm. up. And you, and it's done for the right reasons, obviously. Right attention. And you don't, it's not just for your own benefit. Like, I love doing this, I love helping people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I keep on that path and I don't become that bottleneck where it stops with me and I hold it, because yes. then I'll probably burst at the seams and hold on my car again, or I'll hit my five year limit and I'll yeah. just <laughs> sink back down to the bottom and come back up to the top again and keep going down. Yeah. How do I keep going? Right. Don't, don't hold anything, you know. Yeah, and it's through sort of looking outside of yourself rather yeah. than just in all the time. Yeah, yeah. So outside, inside, and the more you build that attitude for gratitude, yep. and you, you know, you get it right, mm. you know, that what if, and it happens, your mind and your muscle actually get stronger. And I think this is why you're going to win with this game, Scott. I think why you're going to be successful. Thanks, man. Congratulations. Thanks yeah. for your time today. Thanks. Hey guys, thanks so much for giving us your time. We really hope you enjoyed that. Please give us a rating. If you like what you heard, let us know. If you didn't like what you heard, let us know as well. Your feedback is important. Thank you and we'll catch you on the next one.